Welcome back. Um, it's been a little while, but I've been doing some research, and um, today I want to talk about Joseph Fritzel and his daughter Elizabeth Fritzel. Before I begin, I do want to give you a trigger warning. There is uh, a lot about uh, abuse and sexual abuse and imprisonment. And so this story may be disturbing for some people. So to begin with, let's talk about this. The Fritzl case came out in 2008 when a woman named Elizabeth Fritzl, she was born April 6th in 1966, told the police in the town of Amstetten, Austria, that she had been held captive for 24 years by her father, Joseph Fritzl, who was born April 9, 1935. Fritzl had assaulted, sexually abused, and raped her numerous times during her imprisonment inside a concealed area in the cellar of the family house. The abuse by Frit uh, excuse me, the abuse by Elizabeth's father resulted in the birth of seven children. Three of them remained in captivity with their mother. One had died just days after birth at the hands of Joseph Fritzl, who disposed of this baby's body in an incinerator. And the other three were brought up by Fritzl and his wife, Rosemarie, having been reported as foundlings. Joseph was arrested on suspicion of false imprisonment, rape, manslaughter by negligence, and incest. In March of 2009, he pled guilty to all accounts and was sentenced to life imprisonment. So, as we said, Joseph Frissel was born on April 9, 1935, in Amstetten, Austria. In 1956, at the age of 21, he married a 17-year-old Rosemary, who was born September 23, in 1939, and with whom he had three sons and four daughters, including Elizabeth, who was born April 6, 1966. Fritzl reportedly began abusing Elizabeth in 1977 when she was 11 years old. After completing compulsory education at age 15, Elizabeth started a course to become a waitress. In January 1983, she ran away from home and went into hiding in Vienna with a friend from work. She was found by police within three weeks and returned to her parents. She rejoined her waitress course and finished in mid-1984 and was offered a job in nearby Linz. On August 28, 1984, after Elizabeth turned 18, Fritzl lured her into the basement of the family home saying that he needed her help to carry a door. This was the last piece which Fritzl needed in order to seal what would turn out to be the chamber where Elizabeth was held captive. After Elizabeth held the door in place while Fritzl fitted it into the frame, he held an ether-soaked towel on his daughter's face until she was unconscious and then threw her into the chamber. After Elizabeth's disappearance, Rosemary filed a missing persons report. Almost a month later, Fritzl handed over a letter to the police, the first of several that he had forced Elizabeth to write while she was in captivity. The letter, who was postmarked from Brano, I guess is how you say it, stated that Elizabeth was tired of living with her family and was staying with a friend, and she warned her parents not to look for her or that she would leave the country. Fritzl told the police that she most likely joined a religious cult. 
Over the next 24 years, Fretzel visited Elizabeth in the hidden chamber almost every day, or a minimum of three times a week, bringing food and other supplies. After his arrest, he admitted that he repeatedly raped her. Elizabeth gave birth to seven children during her captivity. One child died shortly after birth, and three, uh, Lisa, Monica, and Alexander, were removed from the cellar as infants to live with Fritzl and his wife, who were approved by local social service authorities as their foster parents. Officials said that Fritzl very plausibly explained how three of his infant grandchildren had appeared on his doorsteps. The family received regular visits from social workers who saw and heard nothing to arouse their suspicions. Following the birth of the fourth child in 1994, Fritzl allowed the enlargement of the prison from 35 to 55 meters square. That's about 380, well, expanded from 380 to 590 square feet. So that is tiny. Even at the expansion, this is a tiny space. Um, putting Elizabeth, he put Elizabeth and her children to work digging out the soil with their bare hands for years. The captives had a television, a radio, a video cassette player. Food could be stored in a refrigerator and cooked or heated on hot plates. Elizabeth taught the children to read and write, and at times Fritzl would punish them by shutting off their lights or refusing to deliver food for them for days at a time. Now, obviously, not bringing food to them is a problem in and of itself, but take into account that they, they were living underground, so when he turned the electricity off, they had no lights at all, no light at all. There was no window, nothing, so they were living in complete darkness when he punished them by turning off the lights. Fritzl told Elizabeth and the three children who remained, that's Kirsten, Stefan, and Felix, that they would be gassed if they tried to escape, and investigators concluded that this was just an empty threat to frighten the victims as there was no gas supply to the basement. He stated after his arrest that he told them that they would also receive an electrical shock and die if they meddled with the cellar door. According to Fritzl's sister-in-law, Christine, he went to the basement every morning at 9 a.m. ostensibly to draw plans for machines which he sold to firms. He often stayed there for the night and did not allow his wife to bring him coffee. A tenant who rented a ground floor room in the house for 12 years claimed to hear noises from the basement and Fritzl said that those noises were just caused by faulty pipes or the gas heating system. On April 19th of 2008, Fritzl agreed to seek medical attention for Kirsten, the eldest daughter, um, when she fell unconscious. Elizabeth helped him carry Kirsten out of the chamber and saw the outside world for the first time in 24 years. Fritzl forced her to return to the chamber where she remained for uh, another week. And Kristen was taken ambulance by ambulance to a local hospital and was admitted in serious condition with life-threatening kidney failure. Fritzl later arrived at the hospital claiming to have found a note written by Kirsten's mother. He discussed Kirsten's condition in the note with a doctor named Robert, um, Albert Ryder. Medical staff found aspects of Fritzl's story to be puzzling and alerted the police on the 21st of April, who then broadcast an appeal on public media for the missing mother to come forward and provide additional information about Kirsten's medical history, Kirsten's medical history. The police reopened the case file on Elizabeth's disappearance. Fritzl repeated his story about Elizabeth being in a cult and presented what he claimed as the most recent letter from her dated in January of 2008 
posted from a town of uh, Kemeton. The police contacted Manfred Wolfart, a church officer and an expert on cult who raised doubts about the existence of the group Fritzl described. He noted that Elizabeth's letters seemed dictated and oddly written. Elizabeth pleaded with Fritzl to be taken to the hospital and on April 26, he released her from her cellar along with her sons Stefan and Felix, bringing them upstairs. He and Elizabeth went to the hospital where Kirsten was being treated on April 26, 2008. Following a tip-off from Ryder that Joseph and Elizabeth were at the hospital, the police detained them on the hospital grounds and then took them to the police station for questioning. Elizabeth did not provide police with more details until they promised her that she would never have to see her father again. Over the next two hours, she told the story of her 24 years in captivity. Elizabeth told the police that Fritzl raped her and forced her to watch pornographic videos which he made her reenact with him in front of her children in order to humiliate her. Shortly after midnight, the police officers completed the investigation. Elizabeth Fritzl, who was 73 at the time, was arrested on April 26 on suspicion of serious crimes against family members. During the night of the 27th of April, Elizabeth, her children, and her mother, Rosemary, were taken into care. Police said Fritzl told investigators how to enter the basement chamber through a small hidden door opened by a secret keyless entry code. Rosemary had been unaware of what had been happening to Elizabeth. On the 29th of April, it was announced that DNA evidence confirmed that Fritzl was the biological father of his daughter's children. His defense lawyer, Rudolf Mayer, said that although the DNA test proved incest, evidence was still needed for the allegations of rape and enslavement. Okay. In their May 1st daily press conference, Austrian police said that Fritzl had forced Elizabeth to write a letter the previous year indicating that he may have been planning to release her and the children. The letter said that she wanted to come home, but it is, quote, not possible yet. Police believe Fritzl was planning to pretend to have rescued his daughter from their fictitious cult. Police spokesperson Franz Molser said the police planned to interview at least 100 people who had lived as tenants in the Fritzl apartment during the previous 24 years. The Fritzl property is a building dating from around 1890. A newer building was added after 1978 when Fritzl applied for a building permit for an extension with base basement. In 1983, the building inspectors visited the site and verified that the new extension had been built according to the dimensions specified on the permit. Fritzl had illegally enlarged the room by excavating space for a much larger basement concealed by walls. Around 1981 or 82, according to a statement, Fritzl started to turn his hidden cellar into a prison cell by in installing a wash basement, a wash, wash basin, a toilet, a bed, hot plate, and a refrigerator. In 1983, he added more space by creating a passageway to pre-existing basement area under the old part of the property, of which only he knew. The concealed cellar had a five meter long that's a 16 foot corridor a storage area three small open cells connected by narrow passageways a basic cooking area and bathroom facilities followed by two sleeping areas which were equipped with two beds each it covered an area of approximately 590 square feet the cell had two access points a 
a hinge door that was weighed about 1,100 pounds, which was thought to have become unusable over the years because of its weight, and a metal door reinforced with concrete and on steel rails, which weighed uh, 300 kilograms or 650 pounds and measured about 3.3 feet or 1 meter high and 60 centimeters or 2 feet wide. So this is a very small door. It was located behind a shelf in Fritzl's basement workshop protected by an electric code entered using a remote control unit. In order to reach this door, five locking basement rooms had to be crossed. To get to the area where Elizabeth and her children were held, eight doors in total needed to be unlocked, of which two doors were additionally secured by electronic locking devices. There are um, images on the internet where you can see the layout of this little cell that they were kept in. Um, now, Joseph Fritzl, who now is known as Marhoff, was born in April of 1935, April 9th, um, to his mother and father, Joseph Fritzl Sr. and Maria Fritzl. He grew up as an only child, raised solely by his working mother, and his father had deserted the family when Fritzl was four and never again came into contact with him. Fritzl Sr. later fought as a soldier during World War II and was killed in action in 1944. His name appears on a memorial plaque in Amstetten. In 1956, at the age of 21, Joseph Fritzl married Rosemary, who was 17, with whom he had two sons and five daughters. After completing his educational at HTL Technical College with a qualification in electrical engineering, Fritzl obtained a job in Volstapine. I'm probably ruining that, but that's a uh, company in Linz. And from 1969 until 1971, he obtained a job in a construction material firm in Amstetten. Later, he became a technical equipment salesman traveling throughout Austria. He retired from active employment when he turned 60 in 1995, but continued some commercial activities. In addition to his apartment building in Amstetten, Fritzl rented out several other properties. In 1972, he purchased a guest house and an adjacent campsite at Lake Monsi. He ran it together with his wife until 1996. He also has a little bit of a criminal history. In 1967, Fritzl broke into the Lentz home of a 24-year-old nurse while her husband was away and raped her while holding a knife to her throat, threatening to kill her if she screamed. According to an annual report from 1967 and a press release of the same year, he was also named as a suspect in a case of attempted rape of a 21-year-old woman and was known for indecent exposure. Fritzl was arrested and served 12 months of an 18-month prison sentence. According with Austrian law, his criminal record was expunged after 15 years. As a result, more than 25 years later, when he applied to adopt and or foster Elizabeth's children, the local social services did not discover his criminal history. After his arrest, Fritzl claimed that his behavior toward his daughter did not constitute rape, but was consensual. Mayor, Mayor forwarded extracts from the minutes of his talks with his client to the Austrian Weekly News for publication. According to these statements, Fritzl said that he had always known during the whole 24 years that what he was doing was not right and that he must have been crazy to do such a thing, yet it became a normal occurrence to lead a second life in the basement of his house. Regarding his treatment of the family he had with his wife, Fritzl stated, I'm not the beast the media make me out to be. 
Regarding his treatment for Elizabeth and his children in the cellar, he explained that he brought flowers for Elizabeth and books and toys for the children into the, quote, bunker, as he called it, and often watched videos with the children and ate meals with Elizabeth and the children. Fritzl decided to imprison Elizabeth after she, quote, did not adhere to any rules anymore when she became a teenager. Quote, that is why I had to do something. I had to create a place where I could keep Elizabeth, by force if necessary, away from the outside world. He suggested that the emphasis on discipline in the Nazi era, during which he grew up until the age of 10, might have influenced his views about decency and good behavior. The chief editors of News Magazine noted in their editorial that they expected Fritzl's statement to form the basis of the defense strategy of his lawyer. Critics say that his statement may have been a ploy to prepare for an insanity defense. Reflecting on his childhood, Fritzl initially described his mother as the best woman in the world and as strict as was necessary. Later, he expressed a negative opinion of his mother and claimed that, quote, she used to beat me hit me until I was lying in a pool of blood on the floor. It left me feeling totally humiliated and weak. My mother was a servant, and she used to work hard all her life. I never had a kiss from her. I was never, never cuddled, although I wanted it. I wanted her to be good to me. He also claimed that she called him a Satan, a criminal, a no good, and that he, quote, had a terrible fear of her. In 1959, after Fritzl had married and bought his house his mother moved in with him over time their roles reversed and his mother came to fear him eventually he also admitted, admitted that he had later locked his mother in the attic and bricked up her windows after telling neighbors that she had died and kept her locked up until her death in 1980 it's unknown how long fritzel kept his mother locked up in the attic but newspapers have speculated <coughs> excuse me that it may have been up to 20 years in a report by forensic psychiatrist uh, Adelheid Kastner, Fritzl's mother is described as unpredictable and abusive. Fritzl referred to himself as an alibi child, meaning that his mother only gave birth to him to prove that she was not barren and could pr produce children. Fritzl claims that his pathological behavior is innate. During his prison stint for the earlier rape conviction, he admits that he planned to lock, to lock his daughter up so that he could contain and express his, quote, evil side. He said, quote, I was born to rape, and I held myself back for a relatively long time. I could have behaved a lot worse than locking up my daughter. Okay. Uh, the forensic psychiatrist diagnosed Fritzl as having a, quote, severe combined personality disorder, which included borderline schizotypal and schizoid personalities and a sexual disorder, and recommended that Fritzl receive psychiatric care for the rest of his life. Later reports revealed that Fritzl's premeditated plan to lock his daughter up was not for discipline, but for his own gratification. Um, the 18th of March, 2009, Elizabeth Fritzl attended the... Wait a minute, let me make sure. I'm sorry, I think I might have... Okay, yes, I'm sorry about that. On the 18th of March, 2009, Elizabeth attended the second day of criminal trial against her father, Joseph, in preparation for a book that she wrote about her ordeal. She did not plan to see her father again. Fritzl's attorney, Rudolf Mayer, confirmed that she had been in the visitor's galley in disguise at the time of her video testimony was aired. Joseph Fritzl recognized that Elizabeth was in court, and from this point on, you could see Joseph Fritzl going pale, and he broke down, Mayer said. 
It was a meeting of eyes that changed his mind. The next day, Fritzl began the proceedings by approaching the judge and changing his pleas to guilty on all charges. On March 9, 2009, Fritzl was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole for 15 years. He said that he accepted the sentence and would not appeal. Fritzl is currently serving his sentence in the Garston Abbey, a former monastery in Upper Austria that has been converted to a prison. Judge Hammer, who presided over the trial, stated medical experts reported Elizabeth and her children were in relatively good health. This is the aftermath of what happened. After being taken into care, Elizabeth, all six of her surviving children, and the mother were housed in a local clinic where they were shielded from outside environment and received medical and psychological treatment. Members of the Fritzl family were offered new identities, but it was emphasized that it was their choice to make. Berthold Keplinger, head of the clinic where Elizabeth and her children were being treated, said that Elizabeth and the three children held captive in the cellar required further th therapy to help them adjust to the light after years of living in semi-darkness. They also needed treatment to help them cope with all the extra space that they now had in which to move around. In May of 2008, a handmade poster created by Elizabeth, her children, and her mother at the therapy um, facility was displayed in the Amstetten Town Center. The message thanked local people for their support. We, the whole family, would like to take the opportunity to thank all of you for sympathy at our fate, they wrote in their message. Your compassion is helping us greatly to overcome these difficult times, and it shows us that there are also good and honest people here who really care for us. We hope that soon there will be a time when we can find our way back into a normal life. Kirsten was reunited with her family on June 8, 2008, where, when she wake, was awakened from her artificially induced coma, the doctor said that she would make a full recovery. It was revealed that Elizabeth and her children were more traumatized than previously thought. During captivity, Kirsten tore out her hair in clumps and was reported to having shred her dresses before stuffing them in a toilet. Stefan could not walk properly because of his height of uh, 1.73 meters, that's 5 foot 8 inches, which forced him to stoop in the 1.68 meter high or 5 foot 6 inch cellar. It was also, it's also been revealed that normal everyday occurrences such as the dimming of lights or the closing of doors plunged Kirsten and Stefan into anxiety and panic attacks. The other three of Elizabeth's children, who were raised by their father, are being treated for anger and resentment at events. In late July 2008, it emerged that Elizabeth ordered her mother, Rosemary, out of the villa they had been sharing in a secret location set up for them by a psychiatric clinic. Elizabeth was upset about Rosemary's passiveness during her upbringing. Lawyer Christopher Herps, who represents Elizabeth and her family, said, Fortunately, everything is going well. They spend their time answering hundreds of letters from all over the world. Felix, Kirsten, and Stefan, brought up, by under, brought up underground with their mother, have learned to swim. All of Elizabeth's children attended a four-day summer camp organized by firefighters with 4,000 other young campers. And the children, along with their mother, also have made day trips, including swimming outings, um, which care was taken to keep them out of reach of the paparazzi and to protect their privacy. In March of 2009, Elizabeth and her children were forced to move out of the family's hideaway home and return to the psychiatric clinic where medical staff were starting to um, trying to heal the family and reunite, reunite the upstairs and downstairs siblings during the previous year. Elizabeth was reported to be distraught and close to a breakdown after a British paparazzo had burst into her kitchen and started taking photographs. 
After the trial, Elizabeth and her six children were moved to an unnamed village in northern Austria where they were living in a fortress-like house. All the children require ongoing therapy. Factors that traumatize the upstairs children include learning that Joseph had lied to them about their mother abandoning them, the abuse they received from him during their childhood, and finding out that their siblings had been imprisoned in the cellar. The downstairs children received therapy due to their de deprivation from normal development, the lack of fresh air and sunshine while living confined in a basement, and the abuse that their, they and their mother had received from Joseph while he visited them in the basement. All of the children might have genetic problems common for children born of incestuous relationship. Elizabeth was said to be estranged from her mother, Rosemary, who accepted Joseph's story about Elizabeth joining a cult and did not pursue the matter further. But Elizabeth allows her three children who grew up with Joseph and Rosemary's house to visit their grandmother regularly. Rosemary lives in an, alone in a small apartment. In an article in March 2010, The Independent stated that Elizabeth and her children recovered remarkably well given the difficult lives they endured for so long. According to Joseph's sister-in-law, Christine, Elizabeth enjoys uh, spending her time shopping, taking frequent showers, and driving. She passed her driving test without difficulty. Um, her relationship with Thomas, who is one of her bodyguards and 23 years younger than her, was reported to be ongoing with him, becoming a big brother figure to her children. All of Elizabeth's children have developed normal sibling relationships with each other, and after having trouble dealing with the traumatic events, the three upstairs children slowly began recognizing Elizabeth as their mother. The children enjoy being outdoors, playing video games, and spending time with their mother and grandmother. Despite their strained relationship, Elizabeth and her mother, Rosemary, ha started visiting each other more, and Elizabeth has reportedly forgiven her, forgiven her mother for believing her father's story. On June 18th, uh, excuse me, on June 28th of 2013, workers began filling in the basement of the Fritzl home with concrete. Um, estate liquidator Walter Ansbuck stated that the construction would cost 100,000 euros and would take a week to complete. The house was to be sold on the open market. While most neighbors approved of the proposal, some preferred that the property be demolished due to its sordid history. Asylum seekers were offered the house to live in, and the house was sold for 160,000 euro in December of 2016, with buyers voicing their intention to convert the building into apartments. In May of 2017, Joseph Fritzl changed his name to Joseph Merhoff, probably due to getting into a prison fight that resulted in several of his teeth getting knocked out after other inmates set up a fake dating profile with his name and picture. Mark Perry, a British journalist who interviewed Fritzl in his cell, says that he has shown no remorse for his crimes. He recalls he kept saying, just look into the cellars of other people. You might find other families and girls down there. In April 2019, it was reported that Joseph's health was declining and he did not want to live anymore. So here's my thoughts on this. First off, I think Joseph is a fucking asshole. Sorry, I don't know any other way to say it, but... He's a, he's a disgusting person. And it's a wonder the man is still alive. Um, as for Elizabeth, Elizabeth, I think Elizabeth has just incredible strength. Not just to endure her time in captivity and what she did while she was there to try to make things as normal as possible for her children, but also the ways that she had to 
negotiate, for lack of a better term, with her father to get things that she needed for the children, to get space for the children, to get care for Kirsten. Other interviews that I've read or other sources that I've read, he was a little resistant to that, but she kind of had to, you know, ask him what was he going to do with uh, her body. And, you know, it, Kirsten was almost a grown woman by the time this happened. Um, you know, it wasn't like he could stuff her in the incinerator like he did that little baby. And so I just think that, you know, during the ordeal, she had incredible strength, but not just during, also after the things that she's doing to heal herself and her children and pull her children together. And, you know, I understand the anger that she had at her mother for being passive. It doesn't really go into a lot of detail in, in much of the information that I saw, but I have a feeling that Rosemary might have been an abused spouse since, I don't know, I think that man's a jerk. Um, you know, but I think she had issues with him. He wouldn't even let her bring a cup of coffee downstairs. You know, so he probably was one of those iron-fisted people, you know, this is my house and you do as I say and nobody has any kind of, um, say with him. So, uh, yeah, there was probably more going on there. But, you know, so I do understand, um, Elizabeth's anger with her mother, but I, I, you know, I have to commend her for working towards forgiving her mother and just trying as an adult and in, in her, in her freedom now, trying to make things normal for her family. And, um, it sounds to me like they've made incredible progress. I, I don't know if they'll ever be completely out of the woods and there may be other problems, you know, just because of the nature of the relationship between her and her father and how these children were conceived there's not a lot of information in that regard, but I respect their desire for privacy. Um, they, you know, that will just help them get past all this, uh, terribleness that they went through. And, um, I wish them the best. And I really, I, I just have to give credit to Elizabeth. I, I think she's a remarkable woman. So that's the story of Joseph and Elizabeth Fritzl. Terrible story. Look it up on the internet. There's a lot of a lot of documentation on this case, and like I said, there are um, like floor plans showing the way that that apart—not apartment, that dungeon—was set up. It's unbelievable that people could live like this. So please be kind to each other, and hopefully I'll be able to get another story out to you real soon. Bye bye.